some good places to start with boundaries are even just saying, okay, at 6 p.m. or whatever time feels right to you, you know, I am no longer looking at email, I'm not answering calls, I'm not doing anything past this time. Like even just starting there and then getting to the point absolutely with what you're doing of taking, you know, Monday and Friday off or whatever, whatever works. works for you. Yeah, but putting those boundaries into place is imperative in stepping away. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Do It With Dan podcast. I'm your host, your host with the most. Let's t- do a toast. <laughs> One thing I love about this, Lindsay, I'm going to introduce Lindsay formally in a sec. If you guys just stay there for a second, I need to talk to Lindsay. So one thing is I never know how I'm going to start. I don't know if there's going to be a song. Is there going to be a poem? I don't know. I feel really excited, mel-sighted, mellow and excited at the same time because... You're awesome, as we're going to find out. Um, you're someone who, over the past year and a half, has been a wisdom, a, a boon of wisdom when I've been going through stuff or I need some advice on things and getting the opportunity to share you with the uh, with the audience and to dive into your story and share what you're working on right now has me excited. But I'm also very mellow because I feel very comfortable with you. So I'm like mill-sighted right now. Does that make sense? I like, I like your new word. Yeah, I like it too, because it's mine. <laughs> so guys, I've got Lindsay Smith here, right? So Lindsay Smith was introduced by Haley Hunter-Hines, who you guys know as Triple H. Hey, Haley. Um, we've co-presented workshops together. We've hung out by pools here at Carbo together. We've noodled on NFTs and metaverse and cryptocurrencies and how none of it makes that much sense. And we've brainstormed and we've strategized. And today we're going to just connect and share a conversation with you guys. I truly feel will empower you. Um, I've been in one of Lindsay's programs before and had my mind a little bit blown. Um, She's a badass entrepreneur that's built from scratch, not just one seven-figure enterprise. And as we were just commenting a few moments ago, these are real businesses that Lindsay builds. And maybe we'll talk about that too today because it feels kind of front and, front and center. Lindsay, in your own words, who are you and what is it that you do in the world? I like that we're starting with a small question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who are you? What do you do in the world? Yeah. Um, what do you do in the world? So, I, I mean, it's really a very kind of a long, long answer to that, but my name is Lindsay. Yeah, let's do it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a mental health therapist and I started my first business was called Teen Therapy Center and started that um, about 12 years ago now and worked mm-hmm. just with teenagers and their families, usually high risk 
teenagers going through a lot of things and just helping them work through those things. And then found very quickly that I loved not just what I was doing, which I had a lot of experience prior to starting my own practice in therapy, but I loved entrepreneurship. I loved connecting with people and growing the business and all, all the different parts that come with starting a business besides just delivering the service. And so because of that, my first business grew very quickly and I started hiring people and that's a whole other story. We can talk about how I was the world's worst boss later. <laughs> uh, I've learned a lot over, over the years, but, um, yeah. but then as that kept growing, then I started the next business family therapy center, where we worked with children and adults and couples and everyone who we didn't work with at teen therapy center. And mm -hmm. then that continued to grow. And then eventually I've hired someone to run those centers. And now I'm getting to work with other seven and eight figure female entrepreneurs who have poured everything into mm -hmm. building their business and they love mm -hmm. their business, but they, they grew their business while neglecting the rest of their life, which was exactly what I did. And mm -hmm. I got to the point where I realized that was not sustainable. It was not fun. I loved my business, but it just, it wasn't working anymore, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to give up what I had built. I wanted my business to continue to grow. And I wanted to be able to have great relationships. I wanted to be able to really love myself. I wanted to be able to bring the things that I loved back into my life and have joy on a daily basis. And so that is where I am now. Now for the counseling centers, I work about three hours a month on the counseling centers. And, um, and so now I'm teaching other seven and eight figure female entrepreneurs to do the same, the same kind of thing. And then I'm also working to get mental wellness into the world in a much bigger way. Yeah. So that's my so, kind of short version. Kind of short version. <laughs> so just kind of just kicking ass, taking names, changing the world, you know, Lindsay Smith. Something like that, you know. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, again, one of the things I love is that in a world of digital entrepreneurship, Yes, entrepreneurship. Um, you've got tangible, real business experience that you you gained being in the trenches of real business. And I think when people are talking about deeper levels of business, not I've got a, a ClickFunnels account and I've got an ad or whatever, I'm going to be a there's there are real considerations for success meaningful success that actually plays at that level and there are also consequences that a lot of people experience men and women um i think part and parcel of one of these what we cross over is that when we're dealing with that level of entrepreneur i look after everyone more you know more than man humans and you exclusively work with with the lady humans but so many people come into the world of entrepreneurship, come into the world of business ownership, come into the world of high-level career, make the sacrifices, get to the other end and say, oh, this is the way it had to be. And yet the gift that you have to offer them is it you can have real business, not fake business, real business that has real success, not inflated, you know, scrub data. I've got 20 million customers who gave me 10 cents each, like real, real figures. 
and experience it in a way that allows you to enjoy life in a real way too, like three hours, three hours a month. And now you're stepping into taking that gift and sharing it with people. But do you get resistance from people even wondering if it's real or not for them to be, to be, to, to be able to even experience like this three hours, three hour work month or whatever? Do people say, oh, that's not possible. I can't do it. Yes, I think absolutely. And the reason that I've picked kind of this niche is mm-hmm. because I have been there and done it. So I mm-hmm. know that it's possible for these people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, and, and also most of the, most of the entrepreneurs I'm working with, their goal isn't to work three hours a month. And for me too, like I would be bored if I literally just worked three hours a month. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love the time with my family. I love the time with my friends. I love all these other things. Mm-hmm. And I love contributing to the world. Like I love making a difference and I love, um, getting to share what I know with people and all of those things. And so I'm just, you know, now funneling some of that time into another business, but I do now try to have an average of about 15 hours a week that I work Mm -hmm. total across the board, but back Mm -hmm. to your question of, of the resistance. um, Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing is I'm not saying, Oh, you can build a business Mm -hmm. with three hours a month. (laughs) I'm not and I don't know that that's possible (laughs) but I do know (laughs) if you're a seven or eight figure entrepreneur and you've already built this really successful business Mm -hmm. that you can step out of it in a lot more ways than a lot of people think that they can because Mm -hmm. because when we've built the business in that way we're like holding on so tight and we feel like we're the linchpin and we have to do all of these things or it's going to fall apart when in reality that's not really true um Mm. we can step away in so many more ways than we think we can with good systems and processes in place and with good training and just just doing it in a thoughtful way so that's kind of where where I am with that. Does that does that answer your question about the? It does. It does. It does. It does. Because and you've actually spoken to again this. I know this whole thing of integrity and authenticity is really front and center right now. And so there are people that sell the story that you can spend three hours a month building, but the fact is is that the building stage is probably going to take more time, energy, and effort. But for those who have done that or for those who are going through that period of building now, there is light at the other end of the tunnel. And this is where the work that you're filling in the other hours of the month uh, are getting a chance to play, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe you can share some insights about your own personal experience with stepping away from business and how that has empowered you to have that skills base, that knowledge base, the, the ability to serve people and doing the same. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that the answer to that starts with how to step away. Mm-hmm. And that comes with um, empowering your team to do a lot more than they're currently doing and mm-hmm. empowering them to take over pieces that you feel like only you can do. And a lot of times when I'm first starting to work with entrepreneurs, they're like, no, but really, I'm the only one who can do this. And I'm like, I get it. Trust me. I was there. I felt like I was the only one who could do it. But what actually happens is there's, there's kind of two sides to it. So one piece is other people can be trained to do it well enough. So yes, they might not do it 
just as great as you did it, mm-hmm. but they can be trained to do it well enough. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is what I often found that actually surprised me. And I know I sound so egotistical when I say this, but this is just how I felt at the time. I didn't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So what, what I actually found was when I empowered people to do these things that I thought only I could do, yes, Mm -hmm. sometimes it was only done well enough, but sometimes they would create these ways to do it way better. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, I would have never gotten there if I hadn't empowered them to yeah. take this over from me. So not only is, is it giving me more time back, but it's also giving them the ability to step up, to mm-hmm. be in more of a leadership role, to have more ownership and creating potentially better systems and processes for the business, potentially making the business more money, potentially mm-hmm. serving customers in a better way, you know, all of mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And what's coming through there is empowerment. And that through empowerment, we actually we serve ourselves better. We serve those that we serve through our business better. We serve those who are supporting us in that service better by empowering them to be better. And yes, there's probably something around who we're hiring. I've seen that on my journey as well, you know, jumping to go and hire a contractor or someone and just like, oh, that wasn't a person. But then, you know, when you get that right person, giving them more authority, giving them more space. I'm doing that in my business now. We've gone from bi-weekly team meetings to quarterly team meetings, to centralize documents with plans that people can chip in on and, and contribute to the ideas of, and then regular touching, regularly touching base with particular team members on their stuff just to see how we can support them versus I need to look over your shoulder and make sure you're doing things correctly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And along with that, <clears throat> when you're first handing off this these responsibilities, I guess, is the best way to say it. When you're first handing off these responsibilities, you want to be training really well around it so that you feel confident in handing it over. And I also, I love for my team members to understand why I've been doing it the way that I've I've been doing it. So to learn how I've been doing it, why I've been doing it that way, to make sure they've mastered that before they go to improve the system. Because if they jump right into improvement, they might be missing part of why it was happening that way in the first place. So if they've really, truly understanding why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, you know, if they've got all the foundation pieces really strong um, rooted, then they're able to, to improve it in a better way. Mm. So there's, I mean, that means a, you've got to trust yourself. Cause one thing that one of my coaches always said to me is that it's never really about not trusting the other person. It's always about not trusting you. If someone doesn't want to step in with you, it's not that they don't trust you. They don't trust themselves a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. If you are not trusting that person to take, you you know, to pick up the baton and run with it, then maybe you don't trust yourself that you've hired the right person or that you're able to communicate your needs to them. We had this with the, um, a project they've been working on recently, then it ended up being a hot mess in terms of that we got it done, but it ended up being a hot mess because I wasn't clear enough and communicating my ideas. And I read the book, Who Not How, Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan co-wrote that with someone. And there's like a, a template in there for how I can lay out my vision for the project so that everyone else can run with it. And so as of tomorrow, actually, every week, I'm going to look at my projects, look at the stuff that we want to outsource and see, you know, against the backdrop of what our January targets are, our February targets, whatever the month is, how can I put my mind into this document? I'm actually not going to do document. I'm going to 
voice note it and then Amy's going to put it in the document. <laughs> I'm going to answer the questions with the voice note and Amy's going to put it in the document so that everybody's clear on what they need to do and then work together in a centralized way to move forward. Yeah, that's perfect. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-mm-mm. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe one of these beautiful souls is listening to this podcast right now who would be served by no longer killing themselves with the 25 hour day and maybe moving to, maybe it's not a three hour month, maybe it's a 10 hour month, maybe it's a four hour work week, right? Whatever the thing, Um, what's a first step for them? We've already looked at, you know, stepping back means empowering your team to, to do, to do the thing. But for someone who's looking like I've been running this business for, I've been running mine for 12 years. I've never thought about that. You know, I'm the center of everything. What are some, what are some of your, Lindsay power bombs that you just drop there to just cut the story that they can't do this. Oh, geez, Dan. <laughs> I'm like, you, you got me there. I'm like, I don't know. Like that. But I think originally you were saying like, what's the first thing to do? And so what was coming to my yeah, mind? Stick with that one. <laughs> we'll stick with that one. <laughs> authenticity. (laughs) The first thing to do would really be to list out everything that you do. And then from there to be able to do yourself or work with a coach to figure out like, really, Mm -hmm. what are the only things that you can do? Because there's Mm going to be very, very few, if any, Mm -hmm. and then figuring out who could you delegate these things to? Could they be delegated to someone currently on the team or do you need to bring additional people in to delegate to? So originally we were delegating, when I was still there, um, we were delegating to to one person who still does a lot. But then for me to really totally step out, I had to hire another person that oversaw all the team members, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so just figuring out kind of the steps that you need to take to be able to step back to the, to the degree that you want to step back, because we're not saying you have to step back to Mm -hmm. three hours a month or even three hours a week, like maybe 15 hours a week sounds good to you or 20 hours mm-hmm. a week. Maybe you're like, if I could get down to 40 hours a week, that would be amazing. <laughs> you know? So wherever you are, let's get mm-hmm. you, let's get you out to that point. And that's the way that I would start it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been working on the same thing. So I've got to, as of, I think next week or the week after, I'm not taking meetings on Mondays and Fridays. I'm only going to be actively working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, I don't take my computer home on the weekend already. That's been, I think it's been instituted. This is, I think I've got one more podcast a day and then it's the last podcast I do outside of one week of the month that I do podcasting and content creation um, so that I can have that more spaciousness, like more time to just sit by my lovely pool or to play with my baby or whatever the thing is, or, Hey, I want to do something today. I want to go and look at a webinar or go and read or watch a movie or whatever. I'm really excited about doing that myself. And what you're talking about right now are those boundaries. And that's another mm-hmm. huge piece that mm-hmm. we get to learn how to put into place. And so it, for someone who maybe doesn't have any of those boundaries right now, some good places to start with boundaries are even just saying, okay, at 6 PM or whatever time feels right to you, you know, I am no longer looking at email. I'm not answering calls. I'm not doing anything past this time. Like even just starting there and then getting to the point, absolutely. With what you're doing of taking, you know, Monday and Friday off or whatever, whatever 
works for you. Yeah. But putting those boundaries into place is imperative in stepping away. Yeah. Um, and again, there's the, there's the trusting of yourself that number one, like, is my stuff even real enough to operate without me juggling all the things? So we've been doing that with, with our financial freedom in the box offering. We've been building out more of a team that's a lot more independent. We're hiring another customer service person. We've got a bookkeeper that's doing more of the things. Amy's taking more of a lead role in terms of project managing that. I've really been empowering her to do more. And it's been like, okay, it's going to operate fine without me, right? Yeah, it's not going to fall apart and like disintegrate if I'm like not doing the day-to-day. And actually it's better because I'm not always available. I'm not the greater customer service. I'm not the one that should be the point of contact with these people. Having someone dedicated is going to be way better, way, 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 way better to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, and it's so freeing too, right? Once you have it all in place and you're like, huh, this can work. Then you're like, what am I going to do with myself? And you have all this time to, to be able to figure out, like, do I want to start another business? Do I want to spend more time with my family, with my friends? Do I want to take more, way more vacations? Like what do I, what do I want to do? <laughs> what are some challenges that you faced on your journey to getting to this place where you do have the freedom, where you've got a couple of, you know, real businesses doing, you know, seven figures, you know, you, you're doing real numbers and you've got that time and you can come and just hang out with me in Cabo if you feel like it. Right. <laughs> and you can go and dedicate to your mission of actually, you know, supporting real change in the world through, through mental health awareness, which I want to talk about also. What are some challenges you found on your journey? I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things that come up along the way. I think um, one of them you've already mentioned is around trust, like learning mm. how to, trust yourself to trust others. And like you were saying, I think in trusting others, really, it's about trusting you, trusting Mm -hmm. that you've hired well, trusting that you've trained well, trusting, you know, all of these pieces, trusting that it can work without you. I think that's, that's a big piece of it. Um, For us, I think hiring has always been a challenge and I don't Mm -hmm. know, you know, I don't know if, if it'll always stay a challenge, but it's always <laughs> very, very picky in who we hire. And so that is often like a um, limit to us growing is being able to find the right people to hire for what we're, what we're looking for. And we pay really well. We've created an incredible culture, but it's still just challenging, especially with how high our standards are. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that is one of our biggest challenges for sure. Um Other challenges, I think just as, as I went along the journey, figuring out, I mean, at the beginning I was working so like, I mean, it's even embarrassing really, I think to say how much I was working at the beginning of my business for sure. Over a hundred hours a week, I was pouring in and and just like figuring out how I was totally burning myself out and learning how to step away from that was really a big challenge to me. And I think that's part of why my heart is, is in wanting to help other entrepreneurs learn that because it was, it was very, very challenging for me to figure out how to be able to step away in those ways. Hmm. Well, you made it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but you made it. Was it, was there an exciting incident or like, an event, a story, an experience that supported you in making that jump from not doing it to doing it? Or is it like 
just this gradual evolution? I think it was more of a gradual evolution, but I will say, um, I don't remember what year it was, but maybe five years in, four years in, some amount of time into my business, I took my very first, since I had started my business, work-free vacation. So all my team knew that I was not going to be available. I literally had to turn off the notifications in my phone. I didn't bring my computer. Like I, I set myself up to be totally disconnected. Um, and it felt like a really big deal. And I feel like that was the stepping stone for me to realize like, Hey, they can do it. Mm -hmm. They can handle things. They don't need me every second. It's Mm -hmm. okay. And it gave me such freedom to be able to, I think I took a 10 day trip to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I was in Cabo again, I think Mm -hmm. for that trip. And it was so, it was just, it was so nice to be able Mm -hmm. to finally like get away and to realize they can do it. And then I think from there, I was slowly able to, um, do that more regularly for longer periods and then continue to step out more and more as I started additional, um, ventures, additional things that I wanted to, to do. So as I was adding these additional ventures in, I was having less time working on that specific business. And so it was just a gradual thing for me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so as you shared, one of the things that you've been able to migrate over into is more pure service, philanthropic, philanthropic, is it philanthropic or philanthropic? Philanthropic. Philanthropic. Philanthropic, <laughs> philanthropic exploits. And that's going back to your roots in mental health. Um, speak to us a little bit more about what you're doing there. Please. So, well, there's a piece of it that is not fully philanthropic. I mean, it is a, it's a business that I do. Um, so it's, I created a, so I, okay, let me step, step back. So in working in mental health for so long, I absolutely loved what I did. I loved the difference we got to make with people. I loved, um, I mean, I loved every piece of it. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is we were able to touch, even with a team of 25 people, we're able to touch just a very small number of people in our community. And I wanted to be able to reach a broader group of people. And I also wanted to be able to make a difference in people's lives who weren't open to going to therapy or felt like their problems weren't quote unquote, bad enough for therapy or big enough or whatever, or people who are just interested in personal growth and development, um, not necessarily felt like they had problems because there is still that stigma, unfortunately, around mental health where people feel like, well, I've got to have a really bad problem to be able to see a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be able to reach more people. Mm-hmm. So I thought about creating an online program for people, but I knew that I wanted it to be personalized to the individual because I, because not, we're not all cookie cutter. And when you go to take a course and, and it's the same one that everyone gets and you're like, yeah, this part doesn't really apply to me. This part doesn't really apply, but these pieces are great. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to really feel like every piece was made just for me. And originally because my background was with teenagers, I was like, well, I should make this course for teenagers to really reach all the teens. But then I was like for, and, and the, the core components of the course were started around knowing that you're lovable, 
knowing that you're valuable and knowing that you're capable. And I believe when you know those three things, when you truly internalize them, then you become unstoppable. You can do anything. And so I wanted the teens to have these foundation, this, this strong foundation in these, in these things of knowing they're lovable, knowing they're valuable, knowing they're capable. But what I realized is for teens to have that, ideally they need to learn it as a child. So I was like, well, maybe I should make this course for children. But then I was like, you know what? For kids to really get it, the adults in their life have to model it. Mm. And so ultimately I came to that and decided, okay, I'm making this for adults because I feel like that's how we can best impact the entire culture is, is starting there. We've got to model it for the, for the kids in our, in our culture. So, um, so have then created this course that is personalized to each individual taking it, helping them to be happier, to be more confident, to be more successful. And the roots are in knowing that they're lovable, that they're valuable and that they're capable. Yep. My drop, y'all, my drop. (laughs) (laughs) And so as part of this program, so it's, it's, personalized to each individual and they do it on their own time frame. So what in whatever way works for them, but one of the really cool things that we've built into the program is um you know how sometimes you learn a concept and you're like this is amazing and you're so excited to implement it in your life and then it's gets to be time to go to bed and you're like I forgot. I forgot to implement that today. And we don't want that to happen. We want you to be able to actually learn the things that you're wanting to learn to really truly internalize them. And so we've set it up so you can sign up for up to three reminders, text message reminders a day at the times that you want to receive them to remind you to practice what you learned in that last exercise. And then when you feel like you've internalized it, then you're ready to move on to the next exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another piece of this is that for every course purchased, we donate a course to a survivor of abuse. And so when you were talking about the philanthropic efforts earlier, that's absolutely a piece of it. We also donate um, a large portion to, um, I have three primary causes, and this is not just for this program, but for my entire business, we're donating to end sex trafficking to find Mm -hmm. loving permanent homes for every foster child Mm -hmm. and to create mental wellness for all. Mm -hmm. And so we donate to different charities for those things. Mm -hmm. And there's a local charity. I'm now living in Temecula, California, Mm -hmm. which is in Southern, Southern California. And so there's a local charity that we have just, I have just recently partnered with um, providing these courses to the women in this program. That's been really, really cool to see. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome. Um, Lindsay, you, you've given us a lot to chew on. Even we men folk that don't have the correct body parts, we've been able to get something from you as well. But um, for the, for the person who is, ready to step up and maybe have a conversation about letting go of this illusion that they have to hustle forever and keep killing themselves, you know, living life. What's the best way for them to connect with you? I I will answer that in just one second. I just want to clarify. Mm -hmm. I love helping all people (laughs) of all genders And non-binary. I am open to helping all people. And the Being Your Best Self course is for all people. Amazing. To be able to to be happier, have more confidence, have more success. All people, regardless of your gender. The reason I focused my niche on female entrepreneurs, and I'm not saying 
I would never work with a male. I just have, what I wanted to do was take what I did to be able to teach other people. And so I just am very clear on that path and what it looked like. And that's why I've chosen that for a niche, but I'm not trying to be exclusionary. If you You're not exclusionary. Like, love it. Okay. You're the person, if you feel like I'm the person that we were going to, we were going to protest the men in the binaries. <laughs> we're going to protest that we weren't in this is I'm, I'm available i'm available we yeah. can talk about it so the best way to reach me is either through my website bestselfelite.com or lindsay l-i-n-d-s-a-y at bestselfelite.com we'll put those in the show notes as well so people can, can reach awesome out. wonderful lindsay as always i'm still mill sighted to be here with you <laughs> thank you for pouring into us today um it's just an honor to know a real person that's doing real things in the world and wants to change the world in a real way. So thank you for being here. Thank you for everything that you do. Thanks for having me, Dan. Mm-hmm. Guys, you heard it here first, bestselfelite.com. Links are in the show notes. Go ahead, book a consultation, get on the email list and keep updated with what Lindsay's getting on with because I'm sure you are as excited, maybe male sighted to see what's on the horizon for what she's doing in the world. Until next time, remember you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life and to keep dreaming with your eyes open. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.